name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Courageous Wellness. We have a really fun episode for you today with longtime friend of the podcast, Catherine McCord. Um, a lot of people know her as Weelicious online, and um, she's here to tell us about her new book. But before we get into her intro, we're going to do some weekly updates as we usually do. And Erica, you want to kick us off? I can kick us off. I'm kind of smiling, laughing because... My updates are all about my inner teenager. I feel like I'm really letting 16-year-old Erica thrive this summer <laughs> um, in multiple ways that I'll share that have really been helping my mental health a lot, actually. But um, the first thing is I started this fantasy book series. My sister-in-law, um, who I adore started reading this book called a court of thorns and roses. And it has like, it's like a cult following book series. Mm -hmm. And she started reading it and she was like, Erica, you must read this with me. And I started it and it's, it's so good. It is so good. There's five books in the series. I'm on book three and I don't want to say anything because I I just I don't want to spoil it. But if you've read these books and some people who have I posted about it on Instagram a bit have slid into the DMs and also kind of fangirled with me over it. It is like a, it's like Beauty and the Beast meets Harry Potter meets Twilight meets just like. So is it like a, it's a fantasy? It's a fantasy book. Yeah. And there's like romance and is it young drama. adult though? Like you said, I don't, in teen, but... I don't, you know, I thought it was young adult, but it's a little R rated. So there okay. are some like R rated okay. sections. So I don't think it's, but you feel teenagers. like it's, it's cultivating that part of yourself, it's cultivating that part of myself. Cause I don't think I read a fantasy book series since Harry Potter when I was in high school. Um, so it's excellent. So I've been reading that and I'm on the third book and the second book was, I finished it in two days. It was so good. Honestly, the first book's great, but you have to, you have to get through the first book to get to the second book. The second mm -hmm. book is I think a lot of people's favorite. It's very good. And yeah, it's making my heart flutter and I just love it. That's and fun. then on that path, I've been, um, you know, we're actually recording this intro around the cancer new moon and the cancer new moon energy is still going to be potent when this episode is released, but, um, cancer energy and astrology is definitely in your fields energy. And I was cleaning out my office and I found all my old journals and I've been journaling since I was 18. And so I kind of reread my journals from like 18 to 22 and it's wild to look back. <laughs> <laughs> Some of it's really cringe. I wrote, I posted this on Instagram too, but I wrote four times in a row to myself at like 20, 21. I was like, you cannot date him because you don't want him to date other girls. I'm like, cringe, like cringe, Erica. Um, but it's really interesting to reflect back on how much 
you've grown and patterns that you've broken or maybe like like I want to hug my 18 year old self a lot and yeah I think I'm just really leaning into I know there's a lot of talk about like inner child healing but I think this summer through just living my best life speak now Taylor's version is also out all of these little teenage things I um I just I think I'm doing some inner teenager healing right now and it's it's mm. kind of magical and I recommend it because our little inner teens need love too and you know I was so angsty and emotional and hormonal and you know it's just it's it's been nice to like feel like a grown-up version of her this summer. So that's kind of my update and I'm, I'm thriving. So <laughs> that's me. And funny. Yeah. I, I mean, it's fun. It's like, you know, although when every, like, just let's go on the record. I'm sure I've gone on the record about this, <laughs> but if Erica is ever to make a Taylor Swift reference, it literally means nothing to me. Like, I don't even <laughs> know what the words she's saying are, but we're different. And I think I was born, like, I think I was born like a 65 year old woman. Like, like who, like, I'm like, I don't remember what it feels like to be like teeny. Like, I think I felt like a 60 year old when I was in my teens. Well, and I think that's like, you went to high school in New York city. You went to a performing Mm -hmm. arts school. Like Mm -hmm. I, when I'm in New York and I see 10 year olds on the street, they're like 20 year olds in LA. Uh Yeah. So conditioned to be like an older person. Yeah. So I feel like that's your New York city showing when you feel that way. Mm-hmm. That's really funny. I'm like, I'm just, but I'm also like, okay, side note, I was with two girlfriends yesterday and we went to a, a friend's pool and the three of us show up. We're like all late thirties, early forties. Now we show up um, w- with straw hats on, <laughs> big sunglasses yes, and like are just like floating around her pool. And I'm like, oh, this is who we've become. And we were joking because one of my friends, she showed up full coastal grandma. And I was like, I aspire to that. Let's yes. like dream. Um, anyway, that's not really my update. My update was that I spent two weeks in the Northeast, speaking of coastal grandma. Um, and it was a lot of fun. And some of it was family related. Some of it was just a fun summer road trip. Um, went to Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, New York state, um, and then down to New York City. But um, I challenged myself physically and climbed Mount Washington with my husband, which is the highest peak in the Northeast, I believe. Oh, and cool. Not like I didn't particularly train for it. Like I'm not really in the aerobic shape because it's like you climb like straight up, like this whole ravine. Mm. And um, it was hard. Um, and I'm really proud that we did it. It was great. And I realized I would like to challenge myself to get into like better aerobic shape. Yeah. Because like I move so much and I'm always like doing long walks at the beach and all that stuff. And I think Catherine talks about how like important like hiking is to her, for example, we did so much hiking and it was really wonderful. Um, but like, it is a different beast when you're climbing thousands and thousands of feet. Um, and I'm like, oh, like those kinds of athletic challenges are actually fun for me, even though I didn't like really train for this one, but they're fun in the sense that like, there's a sense of accomplishment rather than just kind of like being a little hamster on a hamster wheel of a treadmill yeah. or something like that, you know? You must have felt so accomplished when you did it though, like that kind of rush to do something. I had to take some breaks obviously, but, um, but you're literally like on your hands and, and like you're on all for some of the, (laughs) some of the climb because it's that vertical, like, and it's wow. Um, but it was cool. It was really fun. And, um, yeah. And like, just like riding bikes, like we, we tried to be as active as we could, which was really a Northeast summer. More more inner teenager stuff. You got to watch the summer. I turned pretty stuff for me. Yeah. You grew up in the Northeast and and I was going to say summer camp and like that kind of stuff. So yeah. And that's your Aries active energy. But I was going to say, I really want you to watch the summer. I turned pretty, which is all about summer in the Northeast. Um, 
it's, yeah, I want you to get into it. That's, that is in our teenager. I think it's made for like 14 year old girls, yeah. but you know, it's also for the teenage girls in their thirties like me. Yeah, there you go. Well, we have a great episode, so we should probably get to it. Uh, we just want to remind everybody that this episode is brought to you by milk and honey. Milk and Honey uh, have wonderful spas in Los Angeles. There are two locations in Brentwood and Culver City and around Texas, also in Chicago. You can use code CWPODCAST for 20% off any of their services there. And also their online boutique, which carries some of their um, their own line, hyper clean products made by milk and honey. I love their body scrub. It's my favorite. Um, and they also carry a bunch of other brands from Supergoop to Osea Malibu. So if you want 20% off at their online boutique for any of your favorite products, you can also use code CWPODCAST for 20%. So with that, let's get to Catherine's episode. Yes, let's do it. So today we welcome back to the show fourth time guest, Catherine McCord. Catherine is the founder of Weelicious and One Potato and an author of multiple books, including her latest cookbook, Meal Prep Magic, Time-Saving Tips for Stress-Free Cooking. Jennifer Gardner has called Catherine her go-to guru who has written the ultimate pragmatic guide to meal prep. Meal Prep Magic guides readers step-by-step through kitchen organization and meal preparation from stocking essential tools and ingredients and maximizing space for efficiency to planning a week's worth of meals and bringing them to fruition, along with simple strategies and time-saving secrets that help home cooks feel more relaxed and confident. She also shares 100 of her fa- uh, of her favorite family recipes, from grab-and-go breakfast to quick, healthy dinners. We had a really fun conversation catching up with Catherine, and if you want to listen to her previous appearances on the show, show where we dive a little bit deeper into Catherine's personal wellness journey and background. You can find those episodes in our show notes. This episode is brought to you by Ned. Let's talk about CBD. The CBD market feels really saturated these days, doesn't it? It seems like you can get it at any coffee shop or grocery store, and many CBD brands actually source their hemp from industrial hemp farms in China. The brand that we love, and more importantly, the brand that we trust is Ned. Ned produces some of the highest quality CBD available in the world, and Erica and I only partner with brands that we ourselves use. Ned shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their extraction process all right there on their website. Ned is also USDA certified organic with all products extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Peonia, Colorado. How's that for knowing exactly where your CBD comes from? We have both been longtime users of Ned. I rely on the full spectrum hemp oil to help with anxiety and the hormone balance blend has been a game changer as I transitioned off of birth control. And today we want to talk about Ned's new product, which has been in development for over a year, the de-stress blend. I've gone through two bottles since it's come out and I could not be more obsessed with the benefits and the effects. This one-to-one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full spectrum hemp and check out these ingredients. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. Ashwagandha is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And the delicious taste of this blend is thanks to the botanical infusion of cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health, a key player in your mental health. And cardamom combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Also, Ned's quality speaks for itself. The products have over 1,500 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Carolyn Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole, who has been a two-time guest on this this podcast. If you'd like to give Ned a try, Courageous Wellness listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code CWPODCAST. Visit hello 
hellonet.com slash CW podcast to get access. That's H E L L O N E D.com forward slash CW podcast to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. You can also find a link in our show notes. Before we get to today's episode, we want to tell you a little bit about the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Erica and I are both certified integrative health coaches. I have advanced training in hormone health, and she has advanced training in gut health. And we offer health coaching and corporate coaching through the Courageous Wellness Collective. We continued our education and received certification through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. IIN has taken the lead in the health coaching industry from its inception and provides a comprehensive curriculum that combines nutrition, coaching, and business. We loved the program and have had many listeners ask us about continuing their education in nutrition, health coaching, or even just advancing their personal knowledge about food and nutrition. So we are very excited to be able to offer a discount to Courageous Wellness listeners to study at IIN. The program is completely accessible virtually with lectures led by health, wellness, and medical industry experts. To receive up to $2,500 off your tuition, you can use our names, Allie French or Erica Stein, at the time of enrollment to receive the tuition discount. We have also included a link in the show notes that will take you directly to IIN to learn more about their wonderful programs. Welcome back, Catherine. We always love having you on the show. And we're excited to see you again. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, so today we are definitely going to dive into your new book and uh, the work that you've been up to. But for any of our newer listeners, you know, you've been a repeat guest over the years on Courageous Wellness. But if there's anyone who's um, hasn't listened to your previous episodes or is a little bit newer to your work and your brands, can you share with us a little bit about who you are and what you do? <laughs> so I have a brand called Weelicious and Weelicious is started off as a blog. So I would say that that is where like, just like endless amounts of in information, how to make kids great eaters from day one, how to make cooking easy for parents, um, all the, you know, obviously all the recipes and video content. Um, but really it's, you know, it's, it's really how do you pull it off? How do you pull off cooking stay organized, get your kids, you know, to dive in with you and sustain it because cooking is 21 meals plus snacks per child, you know, for 18 years. And it just doesn't go away for families. Yeah. Wow. Um, and you make such delicious, accessible, food. And I, I know you have a culinary background and if anyone wants to hear deeper into your own journey to Wealicious and the work that you do, we're going to link those episodes in our show notes. So you can start there, but you, your new book, which is so beautiful called meal prep magic, time-saving tricks for stress-free cooking. Um, I, I want to talk about meal prep because it's, it can be really overwhelming for a lot of people. It's also can be life-saving. I'm sure once you get into it, what has your relationship been historically with meal prepping before this book? And, um, how did it come about? Well, I, my relationship with meal prepping is that I, I don't know how people do it. I mean, I feel like I'm holding on by a thin thread at all times. And when I meal prep, I realized that I, you know, I don't hit that five o'clock like, oh no, what's for dinner? Or wake up and be like, I don't have anything prepped for breakfast. It's just, it's really like the amount of time and money that I save. And I think most people save um, from meal prepping is pretty extraordinary. So I commit usually two hours on Sundays to just making tons of like roast vegetables and chicken and, uh, you know, salmon or prepping vegetables or whatever it is. And I think that you're able to make better choices when you meal prep. I know our family definitely is. And, you know, then I have like things that my kids like are more excited to eat. When the book came from really the pandemic where I was like forced to be at home, like all of us 
for, uh, and we were only ordering in one meal a day at that, or I'm sorry, one meal a week at that point. So I was cooking 20 meals and my kids were even snacks. Like I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. So it, it really came from my husband going, um, to Costco and buying 200 cans of beans and me being like, what the hell am I supposed to do with all these beans? Like this doesn't even make sense. So the book is really broken out. Unlike most cookbooks, breakfast, lunch, dinner, this is broken out by categories. So uh, recipes with eggs, recipes with beans, recipes with tofu, uh, vegetable focused recipes. So that, you know, if you're like, okay, I have this, this, you know, usually a main staple food. Oh, I can make all of these different things with it. Yeah, it makes sense. And what I like about the book is sort of two parts. Like you have the recipes, you have sort of the cookbook portion of it. But the first part, it's really like, like Marie Kondoing your kitchen, right? It's like, it's really facing, facing, you know, the reality of it hard. And it's actually very funny. It's a funny read because I feel like you, um, you kind of make the analogy at one point of like, what, you know, really evaluating where you're, how you're feeling in life by just like opening up your fridge and looking at it. Like so many people can relate to that. So um, what's cool though, is that you also break down certain sort of tangible steps and phases. And I was reading it. I recently did this for my closet and my house because it's so easy to accumulate stuff that we don't know we have, we don't need, um, that might be useful to someone else too, but um, that's not really serving a purpose in our life or our home anymore. So can you tell us like, if anyone's like, yeah, I would love to have a clean, organized kitchen. And I know I need to do that prior to like tackling meal prep, but feels intimidated by it. How should they start? Well, just what you said. I mean, even for myself, if my kitchen is disorganized, I have an overwhelming sense of like sheer panic. And the first line of the book is every time I open my refrigerator, it's a reminder of how effed up my life is. Because it is, it's your refrigerator is so symbolic of like, oh, it's just disorganization. So the acronym for the book is POPE. Uh, and it's broken out as purge is the first P. So let's get everything out of your drawers, your refrigerator, your pantry, put it all out. Let's donate. I'm sure you have expired food. Let's give away whatever it is and like pare down your kitchen. You can do it over 30 days. You can do it in one fail swoop. Um, I always advise to have a friend do it with you. Um, not your loved one, definitely not your loved one. Cause then you'll keep everything. Um, and try to get rid of it. The second is O, which is organized. So now that it's all out, that you organize it, get it in a streamlined way. It tells, you know, whether it's lazy Susans or different like shoe bins for your freezer to put all your frozen fruit and vegetables and whatever it is. Uh, the third P is prep. So that is the meal prep and E is execute. And that's the recipes. So if you're following the Pope method, you are already killing it in the kitchen. How, how often do you do this? Is it like one big purge a year? Do you recommend people do this seasonally? What, what is your vibe with the Pope method? <laughs> so if you were one person, you're probably already crushing it. You're probably, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're good for every few months or you know, every year. I think it's people like myself that are like more family, uh, mm -hmm. you know, or five, six people in your kitchen where it's literally a restaurant. It's not it's not a kitchen. And I always say that, you know, the mise, uh, you know, meal prep, another word for meal prep is mise en place. And that's what restaurants do. You mise en place when you're a sous chef or a chef. And so you have to, you know, restaurant kitchens are, that they have, you know, safety standards, you have inspectors. <laughs> so treat yourself as an inspector in your own kitchen because you've got to keep it clean and organized to function yeah. well. I love that. I love that. And you also too have a great, um, section and conversation about like the tools, right. That everyone should have. What would you say? I mean, I know it's in the book and the, the full breakdown is there, but are there any like top kitchen tools or appliances that you feel are really crucial for a good meal prep, a good kitchen for a family? A great chef knife that is sharp will make you a faster cook a pair of kitchen scissors, 
um, that you can break apart and like trimming chicken, herbs, opening packages, whatever it is. I love a hand mandolin, not a, they're under $20, like for thinly shaving carrots or mushroom zucchini, whatever, just like really fast. Um, and then there's, you know, then there's the things you don't want that you're like, do I really need an avocado pitter? Like, do I, you know, are there, are there certain things that just don't serve the purpose um, that, unless you're really slicing a lot of avocados fast. Yeah. I mean, you make a good point. I'm thinking about, I'm reflecting on my own kitchen in this conversation. And I'm like, yeah, I totally have an avocado pitter or one of those scoopy slicer things. And I eat avocado most likely daily. And I don't yeah. think I've ever used it. Exactly. You're like, <laughs> it's like a spoon. A knife and a spoon also does it. So I think that's something that you touch on in the book is like really getting folks to simplify, like it's not about how much stuff or fancy gadgets, but like really just having functional tools that can serve many or multiple purposes. Um, I think sometimes that can be a way to make cooking in general more approachable for people who feel like, oh, I just don't have the time or the energy or whatever it is. What I, what I like about your work and Obviously, you have different sort of components of it, but I think one thing that's overarching is that you really um, celebrate whole foods in the home and cooking real food and taking time to do that. And I think it's a good example, too, because you're, you know, a mom of three, you're a busy entrepreneur as well. Um, But, and yes, it's like aligned with your business, but all the content that you put out really celebrates taking the time to prioritize this and it doesn't have to be like, you know, an every night kind of thing. But as you mentioned, like Sundays are your day to just kind of like prep a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, I think, I think it has so many ripple effects when we're able to look at food as not so much of an obstacle to prepare, but as something that, um, is like, in a way, a privilege to have and to spend that time. And we can, you know, it has a ripple effect in other areas of our life. And I would love to, if you wouldn't mind just speaking to that a little bit, because I think it's a part of, at least that's how I observe the multiple brands that you have. Um, But in addition to health, it can, you know, be a connecting tool with family, um, other things like that. So would you mind just kind of giving us your two cents on, on why that's important to you? Yeah. I mean, and I think, you know, we, what we mutually, the three of us have in common is like food is medicine. Food brings people together. I think that, you know, as important as cooking is, um, having that kind of like at this t- kitchen table and bringing people together and bringing together over real fresh food. I think that it, it it really is so symbolic on so many different ways and it really can heal relationships. Uh, you know, it can also pull people apart. So we want to make sure that, you know, that like when you are in the kitchen, that you're, you are trying to cook together, you're trying to have real food. You're trying to, you know, it, it, it's everything to me. It's keeping my kids out of the doctor's office. Um, it's, you know, it's also, you know, we, we shop for most of our food at the, uh, the farmer's market and having like that, the accessibility to fresh food is, is really, truly a gift. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey is a female founded and funded brand that began as a luxury day spa in Austin, Texas, and has since grown to include eight locations across Texas and Los Angeles, California, as well as a line of bath, body, and skincare products born from the spa. One of Milk and Honey's best-selling products is the natural deodorant, which is loved by Zoe Kravitz and was featured in her Vogue's Beauty Secrets video. I've been using the baking soda free version exclusively for over two, three years. This gentle aluminum free baking soda free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. It never gave me any itchy red bumps when I switched over and passed the smell test, even after an intense workout. It truly is the best and comes in two scents, lavender tea tree and lemon vanilla. 
In addition to clean deodorant, their online boutique also offers clean beauty products from top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, Supergoop, and more. Some favorite products of mine other than the deodorant include Milk and Honey's Gel Cleanser, Supergoop Glow Screen, and SPF 40, which I now buy on their site, and Osea's Body Oil and Vegas Nerve Oil, which activates the body's relaxation response and helps regulate stress. Their spas are also lovely, and we are both big fans of their spa treatments. And we now offer discounts at both the online boutique and spa locations on all spa and med spa treatments. We are also thrilled to partner with Milk and Honey to offer a courageous wellness spa package called the Courageous Wellness Retreat at a discounted rate. The Courageous Wellness Retreat combines a 60-minute milk and honey signature massage, which is a Swedish massage tailored to your needs, focusing on relaxation and stress relief combined with body brushing, an exfoliating and detoxifying treatment that uses a natural bristle brush that you get to take home to stimulate your lymph and circulation while also reviving dull skin. Courageous Wellness listeners can enjoy 20% off your next order at milkandhoney.com and 20% off your first spa service at any Milk and Honey location with code CWPODCAST. Visit milkandhoneyspa.com to find a location near you. And if you want to try the Courageous Wellness Spa package offered at a special rate, use the code Courageous Wellness Retreat to redeem. This is not able to be combined with any other discount or promotion. You can also find all the information in our show notes. I think that connection, you know, to especially with children or even for yourself, you know, we have listeners who are parents, we have listeners who are single, we have listeners who are married um, across all ages. And I think having that connection to the food that you're making, right? Like if you can go to the farmer's market and you get to actually see like, where is this coming from? I think the loss in connection so many of us have, and I had for so long between us, because I wasn't a cook and I wasn't somebody until really, I think the first time I got really excited about being in the kitchen was my first whole 30. That was the first time I really had to cook every, almost every meal. And then during the pandemic, you know, like we, we didn't even get takeout for the first three months because we were so freaked out, you know, so we cooked everything at home and, and gosh, like can't even remember those days. It was crazy. And, and I think that connection that we have to the way we're nourishing ourselves, um, has forgotten a lot in our culture because it is so on the go. And so that's why to have meal prep magic and to figure out ways to meal prep in a way that brings you closer to this experience we should be having with the food, um, the whole foods that we eat is, is really powerful. And I'm curious too, um, do you have, I mean, I'm sure you have many favorite recipes, but that's what I was going to ask. Do you have a favorite recipe and do your kids have a favorite recipe? Like what are some of the, favorite dishes in the McCord household. <laughs> oh, wow. There, I mean, it's, you know, that's the fun part is like, I'm ever rotating. And I'm also like, I always encourage people to, um, take the cookbook and pick, put tabs in it, like pick out the things that you love, the meals that you love most and let everybody have a hand. Like I'm all for, if you're the taco Tuesday, pizza Friday family, like go for it. But you know, we like to switch things up as often as possible. Um, right now my girls are obsessed with the, uh, the best chicken burger that's in the book. And um, they love the sheet pan, uh, raspberry chocolate pancake. Um, we make a lot of cauliflower. There's like a cauliflower with capers and olives. That's super yummy. And a butternut squash. I mean, it's like endless. I don't think there's a favorite for us just because we are constantly rotating through it, but you know, it's, it makes it fun to, to, you know, especially when you have a, a cookbook or favorite recipes that you can lean on. Yeah. And what was the process for coming up with them? Were they, like um, tried and true favorites from the blog that you reinvented or, you know, what was the process of really developing the, the magic of the meal prep? <laughs> well, the irony, yeah. The irony is that some of the recipes, like, I don't know how I start making recipes and they never end up going on the, on the blog of Weelicious. Like I was like, just that butternut squash, for example, it's like a bunch of ingredients. It's, you know, it's super easy, but it's also like deeply flavorful. And every time I made it, people would be like, 
would you put it on? You know, I'd film it for Instagram and, you know, would you put it on? And then I just never got around to it till I was like work, working on the book. I was like, right, that recipe and that recipe. And it, it just sort of like, it, it filled in very fast, but also with the book, I wanted things that were easy to freeze. I wanted tons of air fryer recipes. I wanted things that you didn't have to do a lot of dishes and that were like, healthy, easy, flavorful, like kind of your weeknight, easy lean on like kitchen sink pasta that you can use. There's so many different things um, that you can, I give you different ideas, but you make it your own. Um, and the others were like seasonal. So there's a hand, hand pies, but there's four or five different ways. Like, you know, I show you depending on the season, what kind of vegetables you can add into them. Yeah. I like that. And there's also like, um, I think it was your chia puddings. There's all different flavors that you offer. So it's not just like a singular recipe. It's like people can tailor it to what they want with having the basics of how to make it. Yeah. Um, I do that with my kids all the time because like most chia puddings are just the liquid and the chia and that you just make it. This is done in a blender, which is not very, it's pretty unusual, but it makes it super creamy. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like that jello pudding you had as a kid, but like none of those ingredients. So, you know, I'm always trying to like recreate some of my childhood favorites in like more nutrient dense sort of ways. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm curious, like, I guess this isn't really, this isn't about the book, this question, but it's about parenting and um, developing good eaters. And do you have any kind of words of wisdom for different stages of um, like childhood development as far as food goes? Because I think that's something a lot of people struggle with or get into habits of cooking different food for kids versus for what the rest of the family is eating. And so, um, having, you know, kids of different ages and, uh, come coming through this sort of like culinary lens that you have with, with the food that you prepare. Um, do you have any advice if people are trying to raise good eaters? Yeah. And so my first cookbook is Weelicious, One Family, One Meal. And I would say I wrote that book when my kids were like one and three or two and four, and now they're 14 and 16. It is the same thing. Nothing has changed. I mean, it's make one meal and see if you can get, you know, hopefully everyone's going to love it. You want to and make something everyone is going to love. You don't want to just be like, here, we're going to eat this. And my son's a vegetarian and he's going to, if I made meat, that's not going to, that's not going to work. Um, but I think that as much as in, from day one, include your kids in the cooking, uh, include the farmer's market, take them to the grocery, as much exposure as possible is really what it's all about. I'm cooking something that I'm going to make a, a saute some bell peppers. I'm making fajitas, let's say, well, I'm going to make sure that my child eats a raw bell pepper first. Because, you know, like, let's, do you like it cooked? Do you like it raw? Like different foods are going to be more palatable to different people, depending on, you know, their taste buds and what they're, what they're needing at that moment. And I also like with vegetables, you know, if a child is like already full or just like what, if they're resistant, make sure you try like right when they're hungry, you know, at home from school at like three and starving, like when you have more opportunity to get it into them. So it's, you know, it's all of it combined. Do you find too now? So like you have teenagers now, which is crazy. Um, gosh, I, it's so weird. Cause I think the first time we interviewed, you must've been like four or five years ago. So it's just funny to hear you say like 16 years old. Um, and so, and and you had this blog, right? That you started and your first cookbook came out when they were so young. So I wonder, just, just curious again, like what has the experience been in the kitchen at different ages? And do you have any advice for the parents listening? Um, you know, I'm sure every age has its benefits and its challenges, but is there, is there any advice for, for the kids in different phases beyond just like picky eaters or one whole meal? But like you said, children then start to develop their own identities and they're like, I'm a vegetarian now, or I am going to eat, you know, whatever it might be that they start to really develop their own identities. Um, 
I don't, I don't know what the question is there. I'm just curious what you found through this experience of now you have teenagers and you started with, you know, little wee ones. <laughs> but I also have a seven-year-old and mm. it's so, it's a constant reminder, like dinner last night. I mean, my, my daughter had a frittata in front of her and she is like going to get the musical instruments. And she's like, she is just, couldn't we, we were like, Gemma, focus focus. And I think that is hard because like, especially little ones, it's the last thing they want to do. Most of the time is eat. They're like interested in everything, but, um, but you know, we said, we kept bringing it back. Like we're all sitting here. We're going to all talk. We're going to all. And I think we engaged with her, like get the technology off the table, ask questions about either the meal or their day so that they're, you know, they're just engaging. I think that that's really one of the most important things that we can do because I, you know, we see a lot of families that like the kids eat early, the parents eat late. If, and again, like everyone's schedule is different, but I think a lot of that comes from parents just being like, I don't want to deal with it. And I understand that. Um, maybe it's like, we're going to have one or two days a week that we're going to eat as a family and make sure that there, there's a lot of like, did some, one of the kids help you with that? Um, is, you know, like, let's play a funny game, you know, like that we're going to eat together. We play the machine game in our house all the time, which is name a machine. So you're thinking like you have to guess one person knows what it is. The other people are guessing and it just like makes it fun and inclusive. And that's, that's like really a winning strategy. Yeah, that sounds fun. And it, I think it's like what you're talking about is having flexibility, but also prior priority. So even if it's not every meal and the meal is just the example of this kind of thing, but like obviously with kids, little kids, you have to have flexibility. But if there's even one or two times that you can intentionally have this experience as a family or around food or as a couple or as friends, whatever, I think it's a very kind of communal um experience that we sometimes detach from. And I think there's a lot of health benefits to us having that kind of community because it, um, around a meal, because a human beings have done it for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. But there's also something that I think happens in the body when we're kind of enjoying, when we're detaching from technology, where we're connecting. And we talk a lot about on the podcast, like, stress and how that affects um, digestion, how it affects nutrient absorption sometimes. And the idea of being able to get into the, you know, the part of your nervous system, the parasympathetic state where we are in our rest and digest, I think connection with other people as a part of our mealtime can really um, lead to that. And that ultimately has even, you know, health benefits for our bodies and our minds. So, um, I not agree more. I think I preach, keep, keep, it preach. Okay. Totally, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. And it's just something that's like, you know, we talk about all these sort of tools and you give so much, so many good sort of steps and helpful like resources in the book. But I think sometimes when we have these resources, like to have further conversation on the why behind it all is really um, helpful for people who might just be like, eh, like I'm overwhelmed or, eh, you know, there's, there's a depth to why this can be really valuable, I think in people's lives. And um, yeah, so that's all. That's just some of my musings from, from the conversation. And um, I want to know, we'll hear it all here. Is this your real fridge that was uh, shot for the cookbook? It is my real fridge. I mean, let's get real. The, the cover was definitely like a little like tongue in cheek. Yes. Um, I wanted like a rainbow and, you know, to like feel a rainbow. Yeah. Um, the fridge inside is much more the, my real organization yeah. fridge. Yeah. We were going to like shoot it at other fridges and I was like, well, we've got mine. Why don't we just like, <laughs> put it here? No. So I love your fridge. No, we were talking right before we started recording to her. Like, it's such a real fridge. Like, it's colorful and food forward and there's real fruits and vegetables. But then you have like, you know, your oat milks or your yogurts. You know, you have it, it's a family fridge. And I, I just think it's really and it's beautiful and it's just cool to see that. So well, I, I, love, cool. I love fridge porn, fridge porn. <laughs> is one of my favorite things, you know, when anyone posts uh, their refrigerator, I'm like, 
is it really your refrigerator or is it like, this is your Instagram refrigerator? Yeah. So, I mean, we like, look, we go through a lot of food and when you're eating like real food, your refrigerator is going to be full because you can yeah. have to refrigerate <laughs> real food opposed to like packaged food. So right. I would even say our refrigerator and freezer is much more packed than even my pantry. Most yeah. Of the time. yeah. Um, one thing you say in the book, which I was not aware of, is that Americans throw out a third of the food that they buy. It's insane. It's which crazy. is like heart it heartbreaking. Heart. No, it hurts my heart. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say that even on Wheelicious, a lot of what I try to do is teaching, you know, like educating on dehydrators, um, smoothies, popsicles, like any way that you can use your, your food to the, 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 you know, every like nose to tail of a vegetable. Um, I even have a thing called a Lomi, which I absolutely am obsessed with. And it, I put my eggshells, my coffee grounds, my skin peels, and it makes compost. And then we take the compost in our yard. Oh, I've seen those. I I was like, I was researching them. I think when they were, it was pre-production, like they were just kind of in their early stages and it looks incredible. And then it literally just grinds it up for you, right? We, we Ours is going three times a day because wow. we just, banana peel. I mean, yeah. you don't even realize in your kitchen, all of the things that, that you're just putting in the garbage. Yeah. So, you know, if you can like make some vegetable stock, like keep peels. And I mean, if we did that, our freezer would be like just one big peel, I think <laughs> or like one big onion skin, celery, carrot top. Um, but you know, you can make like vegetable stock or chicken stock or whatever it is, but yeah. And, and our Lomi, we, we like, I, you know, we love it. I'm like a big fan. Like I've got a garden tower, like a, a lettuce grow tower mm-hmm. and herbs off of like anything I can try to grow or use. Like we, we, we definitely try to, once you get in the habit, it's much easier. I think in the, the idea that people are like, I, I can't do that. There's just yeah. no way, but, but you can. You can. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's great, but it's, it's like shocking to kind of think about that. And I always feel that way if I have to throw something out and I'm like, Oh, like I just didn't use this lettuce in time or whatever it might be. And, um, it happens, but I think the idea of like getting ahead with the food prep makes it a lot easier to be less wasteful. 100%. So that's why like when, you know, making chia pudding, making overnight oats, making batter for, you know, easy, um, you know, easy waffles, like any, you know, anything that you can do to prep ahead and use in two different ways, saute an onion, cutting your peeling carrots, whatever it is. I think that that, those are the kind of meal prep strategies that make you a faster, more efficient cook. Um, for any of our listeners that want or are curious, like some of your top tips for like you go into in the book, you go into kind of how to properly store certain things or like berries, for example. I just realized I'm like, oh, I'm not storing my berries airtight and probably why I have to use them up so quickly. Um, any like hot tips like that, little highlights from the book that you'd want to just kind of share with us that people might find useful? Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely think in the refrigerator, moisture is the enemy. Um, so I put, I take all my berries, I put a paper towel in a glass container, dump them in, um, and then leave a little bit of air to circulate. And that will make your berries last two weeks plus. And I think, I always think that's like a really big one. Um, I take all of our dry, like rice grains, um, I put those in glass jars in the pantry. So like pasta, you can see everything. I think a lot of people don't use their food because they forget about it. Um, so like even lazy, we have lazy Susans in our pantry. So you can like twirl them and you're not going to like be like, oh my God, that, that jar of sauce is from nine or 20, you know, 2019. Holy moly. How did I never get to that? Um, so it's just like meal prep magic is filled with how do you use the food you already have instead of the, you know, the need to go to the grocery? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for everything you've shared today. It's, um, it's such a pleasure catching up with you and yeah, this is a great book that everyone should go pick up because it's just, it's beautiful and it's full of really useful information and 
great recipes as always. But as we begin to wrap up, we always close with three questions. And I know you've answered them before, but I wonder, it's so funny to go back, you know, maybe they have changed. (laughs) (laughs) But the first question we always ask is, what does um, your self-care routine look like? What are some of your self-care non-negotiables in your day-to-day? Um, definitely hiking some form of exercise. So Pilates or hiking with my dog is my mental health. That's all mental health. Um, I have to read this. I I know this seems silly. I have to read the, the newspaper and like empty my inbox before my day starts, because at least I know like, Oh, okay. Fresh starting fresh. Um, that's a big one. And then I would say spending time with my kids. So that that's just like connection. I, I, I can't stand a day. I think we're just running and really like spending time, hugging, kissing, like those kind of things I think are more important than we even realize. Yeah. Um, so the second question we ask everybody is what does being courageous mean to you? Being courageous is going beyond your boundaries that you have set for yourself and like how you perceive yourself and just having the, take a deep breath and I'm going to do it. And whatever that means, it can be the smallest thing or the biggest thing, but that's like, takes courage to change yourself. I love it. And the last question we ask is, do you have a book that has meant something to you along your journey or a book that you've really enjoyed that you'd like to recommend to our audience? Oh, I love, I just gave it away. Um, it's called a uh, fair play. It's by, um, by yeah, Eve, by, by Eve Ratsky. Ratsky. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I just, I had to bring a book to, a. Uh, an event. And and I was so sad because I've been now given my book away. Um, but I just love it because my husband and I are CEOs of different parts of our life and marriage. Somehow I'm the CEO of garbage, which was really a bad pick on my part, but, um, but yeah, I like it. It's helped us to organize our life and take responsibility. That's great. Yeah. Eve's awesome. Um, all right. Well, if anybody wants to, find you, follow you, buy your book, where can they do that? Uh, for all social media, it's at Weelicious and Weelicious.com. And then uh, Meal Prep Magic, you can find at your local local bookseller, including uh, Amazon, Burns & Noble, and always want to support local booksellers. Yeah. Well, thank you again. It's so lovely to see you. You're welcome back anytime. I love it. I'm so happy to see you guys. This is really fun. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.